How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier podcast. I am Jamie Filer, and I am doing my best not to fangirl because I am with one of my favorite people who has turned about a million people pro, Darren Mailing. Hello, hello, Hi. Jamie. How are you? I'm well. How are you, the original? I'm doing great. <laughs> um, Thank you Darren- for having me people have you turned pro how many top threes do we have what is the current let's build some authority before right. we go into uh you know authenticity yes 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 so right now we're at uh, 1101 top threes and 41 ipb pro cards oh my god yeah. oh my gosh yeah. very and very happy as you should be that is probably an understatement <laughs> I'm quite pleased with over a thousand top threes. Oh my God. So Darren, clearly you've changed thousands of lives. How long have you been in the fitness industry? Oh my goodness. Uh, Damn near 20 years now. And Uh, what got you started? Oh my goodness. You mean for coaching or in the fitness industry? Specifically, what made you want to be a coach? Ah, okay. Um, So since I was, I think like 14, I always saw the bodybuilding magazines. My dad was a professional wrestler, boxer, athlete. So I always looked up to to him, of course, and always wanted to get bigger, always wanted to get stronger. Uh, so yeah, 14, I started lifting weights, uh, parents' basement, and just went from there. But uh, like many, I never thought I'd be big enough to step on that bodybuilding stage. Back, back then, back in the day. In the early 2000s, uh, there was only bodybuilding for men. So, sure. Um, yeah. And um, so, anyways, I, I did strongman competitions first. So, I definitely got stronger. Uh, and that definitely was a, a, something that I excelled in. Um, and then, when I reached a body weight of 338 pounds, that's my, my biggest, um, my wife was competing in, uh, in fitness competitions and she'd uh, just won the uh, Manitoba Provincials. And being around her and and all the uh, extremely hardworking bodybuilders and fitness competitors, I'm like, I got, I got to do this. And there's got to be some muscle under this 340 pounds of of, of meat and mass. So uh, it was August 2004. Uh, decided to die from my first bodybuilding show. Lost 120 pounds to step on stage at 218 uh, the following March. So I did that in about I think it's seven months, seven months, eight months, and. Uh, Won that, won that first show. And uh, I tell you that experience that I had on stage, I remember after doing my, my poser routine, um, the, the, I'd never felt anything like that before. And just the rush and just that whole euphoric feeling. Remembering backstage walking off my, uh, after my posing routine, and I kind of just was bent over a table. I just had this rush of emotion. Someone came over me and said, like, Darren, are you okay? I'm like, I've never been better. And wow. I knew at that point there that because uh, I had been studying bodybuilding, fitness, nutrition um, for over a decade at that point, and I thought, you know what, more people need to experience this. Sure. This is something that really proved to me that I could do something I never thought I could do, and I, I thought other people deserve to to feel this. Um, and so 
Uh, the next month, my wife turned pro. She won Canadian Nationals in fitness. And uh, we were in Manitoba at the time. Um, and there wasn't many coaches around at that time. So between my transformation, her winning Nationals, um, people knowing that uh, we, we kind of knew what we were doing, uh, yep. we, yeah, we started having people reach out. And things just kind of took off from there. Um, and uh, it's been quite a ride since. I mean, and the rest, <laughs> they say, is history. Yes, ma'am. Right. But you've since grown. You moved from Manitoba to Mississauga. Yes. You needed a bit of a change of scenery. How has, speaking of change of scenery, how mm -hmm. has the landscape of competitive bodybuilding, we'll start there and then we'll yep. move to, honestly, competitive coaching, uh, changed over the last 20 years? Uh, the biggest thing is now there's doesn't seem like there's an off season. Uh, you know, back when I was competing, there was a distinct off season. There was this a distinct contest season, and there was time then to heal from prep. Because as you very well know, you you do it yourself. Everyone else that's listening, uh, prep is freaking hard, and hard on the body, mentally, physically, financially, all that. It's a big investment, but it's so rewarding. So I can see why people want to do it all the time. But then along came uh, this thing called social media, and it now keeps, uh, you know, it, it at the front of mind all the time. And, and more and more people have been able to make a living out of bodybuilding than ever before. So, it, you know, don't get me wrong. This is the best time to be alive, best time to, to, to be in this position. But it does make it more um, difficult for people who, who, who definitely, I guess, in a sense, get addicted to that that adrenaline, that dopamine, those, those hits of joy from competing, sure. um, want to stay in shape all the time. They always want to be in peak condition. And now there's competitions and people can turn pro from literally January to December. So there's really no off season now. So it's much, uh, much more important now to be really, really focused on your health to maintain that balance. Darren, you know, the more you were talking about the fact that there's no off season, the more I actually see the parallels between your work ethic and lack of balance <laughs> and the competitive bodybuilding season. Yes. Right? Yes, I think yes. This is an interesting segue. So talk about the evolution of your business because 20 years ago, you couldn't pull a client from Instagram and bring them into your online world because there was no Instagram. So what did coaching look like then, a decade ago, five years ago, last year? It, it, it definitely has evolved. Um, it was much more, you know, in-person, very localized. Um, and, I, you know, when I look back now, I'm, I'm going to plug myself. I'm actually quite surprised now seeing such a, from a bigger picture, how we were able to grow from such a small community. I mean, Manitoba is one of the smallest provinces in Canada. It's one-tenth the population of, of Ontario. Uh, there was only two shows a year. There was the novice in March and there's provincials in, in May or June. In Ontario, there was, you know, and now there's, <laughs> I mean, Canadian athletes here as an amateur can compete probably 50 times. Um, yeah. And that's just, yeah. that's not even the, the profile of ours yet. So it, uh, it's amazing. But what really, I think what really helped us uh, was was the, 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 the emphasis on family. I come from a very a uh, very tight-knit family, very small community. I grew up in Steinbach, which is about an hour southeast of Winnipeg. Um, and there it's about everybody helping each other. And community is, is such a big thing. And I, I, I really uh, was big on that with, with, the, with our business. And, uh, you know, we have a, you know, one of the things we have is a freak for life, uh, you know, freak family. 
Um, and it, it may sound a little bit corny, but it's it's freaking true because I mean I still I still involved with my first client I've had since day one, Mindy. Like it's uh, they you know clients do do definitely be, uh, become family. Yeah. So I think that was uh, definitely helped us helped us grow from that small beginning uh, to where we are now. Um, you know, with with uh, with the social media and that reach with with online. Um, you know, and, and like any personal trainer, uh, and maybe that's not the case now, but I know back when I was doing it, I mean, I, I was doing it part time at first. I had a government job. And then uh, as many corporations and, and things do, they, they started downsizing and got rid of our entire department. I was a casino investigator for a number of years. Loved that job. But uh, I knew that uh, bodybuilding was, was calling me and coaching was calling me. So I went part time which my parents thought I was crazy to do because they thought I had landed the, the dream government job. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the plan was to slowly work less shifts at the casino and, and as more, I got more clients. All of a sudden, one day, three weeks before the uh, one of my shows, uh, Manitoba Lawyers decided to get rid of the entire department. I was, I was out of a job. <laughs> so so uh, plans got accelerated. But it, it's, it's funny. Uh, Sometimes one of the worst things that you think can happen to you become one of the best things that could ever happen because within a year, um, I was full for personal training clients. And I was kind of a, a unique uh, start because I was personal training for sure because Winnipeg's not a you know, huge hotbed, um, mm -hmm. at least at that time. Now it's definitely grown. But um, so I had to personal train, you know, lifestyle, uh, general fitness people while I was coaching competitors. Um, and then over time, that shifted uh but what i what i had done i was already doing like a hybrid plan i had i you know prepared meal plans training programs and all that stuff and then i would see them once a month because i was big on that personal connection um and then we started getting more and more clients outside the province uh word traveled uh, what we could do uh, a couple of our clients moved to other provinces so it was still word of mouth there yeah um but uh, so so we went online uh, but then my personal training got so busy, uh, we actually ended up opening up the first CrossFit gym in Winnipeg uh, back in 2008. I, I learned from Greg Glassman. I learned from Nicole. I learned Chris Spieler was in my class. Um, all the you know the the, the, the big names there. Uh, I got to show, I actually was in the last uh, class ever held at the CrossFit HQ in Santa Cruz. They were actually closing it down uh, after that weekend, so it was. Pretty cool to be part of it. Yeah, I was one of the first 17 level two CrossFit coaches in Canada, actually. Um, but uh, so I tried to marry the two. I thought, let's open a CrossFit gym, let's marry physique competing and 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 bodybuilding, like two of my you know uh, great loves. Yeah. Um, and in three years, uh, what did up getting like over 10 CrossFit gyms? And uh, yeah, so we made a business decision to go all online, and this was 2010. Right. At the time, uh, every business person that I had talked to at the time thought I was absolutely insane. They're like, what are you doing? You need to have a gym. You need to have a place, you know, to train people. Uh -huh. And this is, I tell this to everyone and, and they just smile, especially uh, people like yourself. Our client base tripled in six months, the moment we went online. Like we actually closed our gym. We just obviously labeled it different that we were changing business models. Um, and yeah, our client base tripled in six months. That's and because we niched, we said we're yeah. gonna, we have to make a decision: go CrossFit or physique competing. When uh, physique competing, yep. six months, uh, 
things just exploded from there. And that's when we, you know, shortly thereafter got uh, one of our first client pro cards and um, things just continued to, to blossom from there. Um, we were traveling so much for competitions. Uh, people, you know, we didn't know if we lived in Winnipeg or Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, Montreal. So we knew that we needed to get closer to where more of the action was. Sure. And, uh, you know, it was, it was coincidental. Again, could have been the universe working its ways, but um, October 1st, 2017 is when we moved to uh, Ontario, the greater Toronto area, Mississauga. October is when the CPA started. Um, that's when the whole shift happened there with the sport. So we kind of shifted with the sport. It was the timing couldn't have been better yeah. um, because, you know, Toronto here, this is where the magazines are. This is where the supplement companies are. There's 30 plus shows within driving distance. So uh, things continue to grow from there. And, and here we are today and uh, could not be happier. So would you say, I mean, what, characteristics or qualities come to mind when you think of what what you had that allow you to grow because obviously um low resistance to change open-mindedness um like what else what else are you i mean innovation uh what what comes to mind in terms of what's allowed you to be successful in terms of the tides changing from uh our industry I think that one constant that really will, will stand the test of time, no matter what challenges the industry faces is caring about your client. Okay. I really cannot stress that enough um, because when you actually care and do everything from a, a place of, of, of goodness um, and integrity, um, you can go to bed at night with a smile on your face. Even if you know the, the client doesn't win the show, yeah. Um, you're doing everything the way you feel it should be done right. Um, I, I've never been a, it's, <laughs> I remember uh, I had a, 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 um, a meeting uh, with one of my early mentors. Uh, I only met him a few times, but he gave me such great advice. And I remember telling him that, so the reason I want to become a personal trainer is because I don't want to be a business owner. And he laughed at me and he laughed so hard. And I'm like, uh-huh. why, is he, why is he laughing at me? Remember, I had only worked government jobs until that point. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but what allowed me to still succeed regardless of my ignorance was I actually cared. I actually gave a shit about my client. So, so yeah, I like that. Just straight up compassion. Is that something you're not seeing or seeing less of in the industry these days? I see... Yes, I see a lot of people more going for the the quick sell. Yeah, uh, you know, more worrying about what uh, the how good they look on social media. Yep. Versus, you know, actually helping clients, making sure they you know have their seasons and cycle their training, um, get their blood work done. Don't you know? Just because you have a, a great client that's winning shows all the time, that doesn't mean they should be competing all the time. Right. 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 So I see a lot of that. I mean, a lot of it, I mean, the truth came during COVID when everything locked down, when there was no shows, the evidence is who actually was able to maintain their client base. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know coaches that went down to 30% of what their roster was when there were shows where we actually continued to grow. Right. So right. It, it's, it's integrity. A hundred percent. It's huge. 
I think just, um, I mean, no one's going to care more about your business than you, right? Jamie, you know that. Yeah. Um, but part of me, uh, my business, and my clients, like there's many times where I probably to, to, you know, many would say my, you know, not necessarily a good way, but it, to the point where it's like, I would be up, up and I thinking about solutions for clients. Right. And I mean, that just, that just carries through. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it showed in obviously your income and your impact, but also, I mean, obviously it speaks to your, your longevity as well. The reason that you're still here and that you're still a force to be reckoned with, um, is because of how much you care and your commitment to clients and, and caring about them, which is amazing. So just when you thought it couldn't get any better, uh, we meet again, but in yes. a professional capacity, what, yes. what was the reason you came for business? What kind of advice were you seeking? Where were you stuck? Well, I mean, uh, things have continued to evolve, like you said, with the sport. Sure. Uh, but my, my big thing is because I was never a big, I didn't want to be a salesperson. Mm. Uh, just to me, I see the, the used car salesman in the cheap suit trying to sell the, the lemons and stuff like that. I wanted to build my business on results and referrals. Now it's, that's always, and it still is my, my, my bread and butter. Um, but I, I, I see because there's so many more coaches now and, and a lot of people's attention are on social media. Um, I knew I had to up my game. I knew I had to evolve. Right. Um, and um, there's this person that you may know. Her name is Jamie Filer. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm a big fan of themselves. I mean, Jamie, I mean, I know you before you were, you know, coaching full time and I saw how you had grown your business and your, your um, presence online and uh, reached out to you and say, hey, Jamie, what's the secret sauce? And, uh, you, you know, you and Matt uh, both uh, met with me and, uh, and kind of explained what, what, uh, what you thought needed to be done. And, uh, and I've been, you know, starting to apply those things. I mean, we're working on the back end, getting our systems much, uh, much more efficient, much more consistent, much more lined up, um, which is great because it's going to allow me now to uh, spend more time creating content, creating value online to get, you know, reaching out to, to more of uh, the people that want to work with us. Yeah. So, and speaking of spending more time, you took one of your first vacations in forever recently, did you not? Yeah, yeah, no, we went uh, for for my wife Christina's birthday. We went to yeah. uh, Jamaica there. Yes, yes, so that was that was great. What was getting in the way of you taking a vacation before, and what, where was your business now in a place where you could feel comfortable going away? Well, I'm not a parent, but I'm told um, that uh, you know when parents take their children to the the first day of school that's one of the most challenging days of their lives because they are now leaving, uh, you know, their, their, their baby in the hands of, you know, not them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And for, for, uh, for us, I mean, it, the freak fitness is our baby. I mean, we've been, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost an adult. Well, I guess it's 18 now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, so I felt that, uh, you know, we definitely have, uh, you know, systems in place now that we can let that kind of go. I mean, I still, I admit it. I mean, I was on vacation and, and having a great time, but I was still kind of, it's almost like having a baby cam, you know, yeah. <laughs> still, still yeah. watching from afar, making sure everything's going well. But uh, you know what? Uh, I, I found that, uh, yes, 
things things can can be okay for a week without yeah. uh, not, not you know sitting on there uh, micromanaging and stuff. Not that I, I was before, but just you get what I'm saying. Like it just it's hard to go on uh, leave uh, yeah. your baby alone. So. Yeah. Was it hard for you also, speaking of leaving your baby alone, was it hard for you to hire your first few coaches? Is that a difficult yes. decision? Yes, that was definitely. Um, uh, my wife and I are both control freaks. We are the first to admit it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it it was it was hard because, uh, you know, for the longest time, and I'm sure there's many people out there that still believe it, that barely getting any sleep and, you know, working 20 hours a day, is a, is a badge of honor, um, and and maybe you know maybe good for the short term, yeah. but uh, for long term health, long term mental health, physical health, it 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 does not, and it, it ultimately does hurt your business, uh, because I think that the the biggest trigger for me was I mean lack you know aside from the horrible sleep, I mean there was some weeks where I was maybe only getting the gym like twice a week and just going through the motions because we were traveling so much and all that was I was still answering. Uh, emails yeah and i had sent an email uh-huh. and i think i told you the story before and uh uh i get an email reply back and the client the the the, the 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 first line of the email was good morning darren and i'm like it's 3 30 in the morning i'm still up this is not good oh, um yeah. so it's like i need to i needed to make a change so um, as difficult, I will say this though, as difficult as it was to hire our first coaches, uh, it was definitely one of the best decisions we ever made because mm-hmm. it allowed us to continue to grow, to help more people make a bigger impact. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The best thing. Because I mean, also a, a tired coach is not a good coach, right? Yeah. Like for so many reasons. Well, and, and it's the little things that normally you just manage. Yeah. When you're tired, you're exhausted. You don't manage those little things very well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, fortunately, I was able to, you know, make the changes before it cost me uh, dearly. And uh, like I say, never been happy with uh, with uh, with how things are going now. And now with the systems again that we got in place, soon to be in place, uh, we're gonna be able to grow a team even more. Um, so I'm really excited for that. So I'm excited for you. So last thing, piece of advice for someone who's been in the industry forever. They're as, as old as we are, they've been working as long as we have. And they're like, I just don't know if I can keep up with these young guys and their six packs and their TikTok. I mean, look at you, right? What, Mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give these people? You can never replace experience. Experience trumps all. I love that. Okay. And we're just going to mic drop it there. Darren, you're amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for being on today. We appreciate you. Where can people find the OG freak? Freakfitnessonline.com is the website. Um, Darren C. Mailing on Instagram and Darren Mailing on Facebook. And then what is Freak Fitness's Instagram as well? So people can see like results and stuff see this stuff still still learning <laughs> Got you. Free, free fitness online amazing all right guys thank you so much for listening to the trainer revenue multiplier podcast darren thank you for being our thank guest you. if you like what you heard please like rate subscribe share do all of that stuff so that we can keep helping and serving other trainers
Have an amazing rest of your day and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Train Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Train Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today. Take a screenshot with your phone of this episode and share on your social media and let us know any questions you may have, things you enjoyed about the show or things you want to see more of coming down the pipeline and tag us at Train Revenue Multiplier on your social media. And if you are looking for more real money making business building things to help you grow to the next level in your business, have your more income and have you working smarter and harder in your business, then head on over to trmshow.com to book your free 30-minute business building call today. We look forward to hearing from you, serving you, and of course, delivering more impact for your business. Have a great day. Take care. Let's keep growing.